0: This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Thank you for this opportunity and privilege it is to come before you, Lord, and to hear your word. And Father, I I just thank you that as the word comes forth tonight, Lord, it's gonna find good ground, Lord, where it will go down, take root, and begin to produce in the lives of everyone here tonight. Lord, we just declare that no weapon formed against this time tonight will prosper. But Father, as we focus in on your word, Lord, I thank you that you will speak to our hearts, speak to our situations, and healing will come forth in every area of our lives. Lord, we just thank you because you're faithful, Lord, you're true, and I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to be true to each and every one of us tonight. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible smart device, we're going to hold that up and make a confession. If you have nothing, we'll just raise your hand, get into agreement, and we're going to all declare together, say, this is my Bible. Oh come on, guys, you gotta act like you you really mean that. You know, one of the things I did was I wanted to put this in front of you because you know that strong confession has to be on the inside of you. Has to be on the inside of me. You've got to own that. So when you say it, say it like you really mean it. Say, this is my Bible. Bible. It's God's word to me. It's God's word to me. It strengthens me. me. It me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I, love to read my Bible. and I love to read my Bible. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes, All right. I'm no longer buzzing. I don't know if you can still hear me, but we'll go with it. All right? Well, tonight I wanted to talk to you what I'm calling um, the right stuff. Um, I've told this story in, in services. I've told this story in classes in the past. But uh, er- early on when my kids were still a lot younger, we, uh, we were living... Down in spring, and, and I got inspired one day. I don't know why, or you know, I was watching Paula Dean and I got inspired. So I decided I wanted to make a, a peach pie for my wife. You know, we'd just gotten back from the Atlanta, Georgia area, and we'd brought back some Georgia peaches. And anybody ever had a Georgia peach? I mean, Georgia peaches. I think they grow Georgia peaches in heaven because <laughs> they are so, so sweet. And so uh, I got this desire to make a, a, a peach pie for my wife, and so you know, I I wrote out all the ingredients. I'm watching Paula Deen. I wrote all the ingredients down and I began to put it together. And and guys, you know, I typically don't brag on myself, but you know, uh, I put that pie in the oven and the smell that was in my house smelled like heaven. It was so sweet. It smelled so good. And and my kids, it was smelling so good. good. My kids were going crazy and they were like, you know, dad, dad, we want some of the pie. And I said, no, it's for your mother, you know. And uh, I'll never forget when I pulled that pie out. I mean, I should have taken a picture of it. I mean, it was a perfect, crisp brown looking color. You know, the, cr- the crust was all in place. It was the most perfect thing you'd ever seen. And, and I was like, man, this is amazing. She's really going to love me now, you know. And, and so they were like, Dad, can I have a piece? And I said, nope, nope, it's for your mother. And finally, my wife came home, and, and I remember she walked in the door, and I ran up and I grabbed her, and she was like, what? And I escorted her over to the table, and we put the pie in front of her, and I cut, you know, a piece of the pie out, and it came out perfectly. I mean, not. Not a piece of crust fell to the side. I mean, it was the perfect triangle. It was amazing. It's like things you see in a movie, you know. And, and I put that pie on her plate, and I gave her a fork. And I remember me and the kids were, like, standing around her, and as she put the fork into the pie, we all kind of leaned in, you know. <laughs> and uh, it kind of looked spooky, you know. And, and I remember she had this big smile on her face, and she took the fork in, and she spooned or she, she, she got a piece of the pie, and she brought it up to her mouth. She put it in her mouth, and then her eyes got big. She jumped up, and she ran to the restroom and spit it out in the toilet. And I thought, who does that? You know, who? There's a lot of love that went into that pie. You know, And she's like, what did you put in this pie? And I remember going down the list and telling the, her the ingredients. And I said, I did this. I did that. I did a, cu- a cup of salt. I did a, a dash of sugar. And, and then I realized, I was like, oh, a cup of salt. I'd made the saltiest peach pie the earth has ever seen. My intentions were there. But the ingredients were all mixed up. I had the wrong ingredients in there. What I've come to learn is when it comes to receiving from the Lord, there are some things, guys, that we have to have in order to receive by faith. You understand that? There are some things that each of us have to have if we're going to receive healing in our bodies, healing in our minds. We've got to have those things. I can't receive God's healing off of Miss Joy's faith. You understand that? I can't receive God's healing just because I come to healing class. No, there are some things that I have to have on the inside of me if I'm going to see healing manifested in my body. Does this make sense, guys? And so I wanted to share with you, starting off tonight, a story that I believe has all the right ingredients, the right stuff. And uh, I always pick people who have no names in the Bible, but it's okay. So um, it's found in 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, and she's known as the Shunammite. You know, I've, over the years, given her several different names. Tonight, we're going to call her Sarah the Shunammite, all right? But I think it's a great story because in it, there are a lot of ingredients, a lot of the right things that I believe that we need to have if we're going to receive God's healing. So it's found in 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to start reading in verse 8. It says, Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunamm where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, Look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall, and let us put a bed for him in there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand, so it will be that whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there, and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant... "'Call this Shunammite woman,' uh, and when he had called her, she stood before him. "'And he said to him, "'So na- say now to her, "'Look, you have been concerned with us, for us with all this care. "'What can we do for you? "'Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army?' "'And she said, "'I dwell among my own people.' "'So he said, "'What then is to be done for her?' "'And Gehazi answered, "'Actually, she has no son, and her husband is old.'" So he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And then, and this is Elijah said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, uh, which Elijah had told to her. Now, I want to stop right there because there's a lot of things in here that um, really encourages me as I read this story. The very first thing that, that, that I love about the Shunammite was, She recognized Elisha as being a a man of God. And she didn't just stop there. No, she she said, you know what? I'm going to invite him in. This this man of God continues to come through this. I'm going to make a place and invite him in. So she made a place for him and invited him in. Guys, you and I have to invite the Lord in. We have to make a place for the Lord and invite Him in. What happens a lot of times is, is we hold the Lord at bay in different areas of our lives. He's my Savior. I go to church on Sundays. I go to church on Wednesdays, Wednesdays and the Lord's my Savior. And, you know, I have hope that one day I'll see Him in glory. And, and, but, you know, there's so much more to the Lord than that. You and I, know, we, we have to be able to recognize. She recognized He was a man of God. We have to recognize that. Jesus is a healer. Or going a step further, we have to recognize that Jesus is a healer today. Or taking it a step further, we have to recognize that Jesus is a healer today for me. Does that make sense? I think far too long and and quite often what happens is, is we hear these stories and that's all they are, stories. The reality of it is, is, God has been weaving a map to show us who he is and what he will do for us if we'll only believe. Does that make sense? It's more than stories. God wants to see us healed, but we have to recognize who he is, and we have to make a place for him. And when it says she made a place for him, but not only that, she made him a priority in her, in her life, a priority She went to her husband and said, you know what? He keeps coming back through here. Let's let's do this for him. Let's do this for him. Let's do this for him. She prioritized him. You and I, we have to prioritize the Lord. We have to be willing to get into his word, irregardless of what's going on around us, and place him first in our lives. And if we'll do that, his promises will begin to flow. Our faith will begin to grow, but we have to prioritize the Lord. So now let's pick this story back up in verse 18. Verse 18 says, and the child grew. Now it happened one day after he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. And so he said to his servant, carry him to his mother. Verse 20, when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door open, sh- shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and come back. And so he said, Why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said to him, It is well. Then she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. And so she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, run to her now, meet meet her now, and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, It is well. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I, ask you, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Get yourself ready. Take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. And he went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and laid on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, eyes on his eyes, hands on his hands, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up, stretched himself out on him and the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite woman. And so he called her. She came in to him and, picked up, and she, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet, bowed to the ground, and then she picked up her son and went out. A miracle just took place. We've talked about how she recognized the man of God, how she prioritized the man of God. Here's the beauty of it. When life happened and her son died, she kept her words full of faith. Guys, when life happens to us, we have to keep our words full of faith. Her husband asked her, why are you doing this? It is well. Gehazi's servant asked. Husband, son, you, is it well? And she said, it is well. We have to keep our words full of faith, and we'll dig into that here in just a moment. And then here's the other thing. We see here a miracle took place, and when God brought this boy back to life, when God healed this situation, she went back and she worshiped the Lord and had a thankful spirit. Hear me tonight. When God heals you, thank the Lord. Honor the Lord because it's going to happen. So I want to talk about the right stuff. Here's some things that I believe reflects the right stuff. So again, I'm trying these slides here, so bear with me. Here's the first thing. I believe that we need to have the right thoughts, okay? When it comes to the truth, when it comes to the Word of God, we have to think on it. My question is, is what is your internal dialogue? When sickness and disease and things come against your body and your mind, what's going on in your head? What are you ruminating on? What do you have on the spin cycle of your mind that you're going over and over and over and over with on the inside? Is it by the stripes of Jesus I've been healed, or is it I'm in pain, I'm hurting, I'm scared, I'm fearful? We have to understand where our thoughts are. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. How we battle things in this life is not in the physical. It's a spiritual thing. And for the sake of tonight, I want to pinpoint one of those weapons. The word of God. The Bible, the scriptures, the thing that each of us have in our hand. God's equipped all of us to come against the sickness and everything that's coming against us. He's equipped us to overcome it. It says those weapons, they're strong. And understand that the weapons we have are divinely powerful. Meaning, they've been empowered by God to destroy sickness, to destroy disease. It says, this weapon destroys arguments. The Amplified says, sophisticated arguments. I love that. And everything that contradicts the true knowledge of God. So when I hear that, sophisticated arguments, I start thinking about how people want to throw science out there. Or they want to throw statistics out there. Sometimes they throw out your family history. God's weapons, the word of God, refutes all of that. It doesn't matter what your family history is. You understand that? The word of God is not limited based upon the family you've been born in. The word of God is not limited based upon the limitations of science. The word of God is not limited based upon statistics in your area. God's equipped us, folks, to come against it. The word of God, and and I, I wrote in my Bible, it says, the word of God is my prescription for life. We are all, most of us, I can't say we're all, Most of us have no problem when a doctor writes us a prescription. We take the prescription, we go to the pharmacy, we turn it in, we pick up the medicine, and then we just start taking it. What would happen if we took the prescription that God gave us, put it on the inside of us? What would happen? We would see healing. Why? Because God's word proves true every time. Folks, I want you to get this. It's not a matter of if, but when. God is going to heal you if you'll only believe and trust in Him. So we want to make sure that we bring every thought captive and measure it based upon the Word of God. Mr. Thompson, there's nothing more that we can do for you. Well, I'm good. I'm in a good place because, you know, Jesus went about heal- healing all and every disease. The disease that I may have, he has an answer for. It's in his word. Does that make sense? And so that's how we have to attack that. In Isaiah 55, 8 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thought. You know, I I wrote in my, my Bible also, God says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You know, God sees things from a higher vantage point, right? His thoughts are higher. He sees the big picture. He knows the weak spots of the enemy. And the word goes in and destroys the enemy. And so we've got to believe and trust in God. His thoughts are higher than ours. So if he tells us to stand, stand. If he tells us to trust, trust. If he tells you to believe, believe. If he tells you to speak words of faith, speak words of faith. Why? Because his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We don't know everything. We don't know. You know, I'd I'd be lying to you if I didn't tell you. Um, I feel real good about myself every time one of my children comes back and says, yeah, Dad, you were right. You knew better. You knew more. Makes me feel good, like, I told you so. (laughs) But for me, it helps me because I realize the Lord knows more than me. And if I'll trust him, his word will come to pass in my life. And so we've have to trust him folks because God does see things from a different perspective. He knows how to defeat the sickness. He knows how to defeat the enemy. You know, way way too often we're willing to accept a diagnosis rather than accepting the truth of the word of God. We need to resist the diagnosis and accept God's truth. And if you'll do that, you'll see healing begin to spring forth in your life. So why is, you know, changing our thoughts important? Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We we have to get our our thought life right. And it goes back to that internal dialogue, what we're we're going over and over in our head. And so we've got to change our thoughts. We have to change our thoughts with the word of God. So if you, if you find yourself full of fear, oh, God, I, you know, I'm so scared. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. You know, I want to see my kids get married. I, I want to see my kids graduate from college. Lord, no, Lord, I, I don't, I'm not ready to go yet, you know. I, I still have a long life. Instead of focusing on that, Father, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus I've been healed. Lord, I thank you that at, right now you're at work on the inside of me bringing about a healing and a cure. Father, I thank you that you've given me the mind of Christ that you've you've given me soundness of mind. What are you doing? You're taking every thought captive. Now you're focusing your mind on the Word of God. And the Word of God is is going into action on your behalf. Folks, what's in our hearts affects our ability to receive and walk in complete healing. And so if we're going to walk in complete healing, we have to make sure that our mind is full of the Word and not full of anything else. If you find yourself teetering on the side where there's fear, there's doubt, that's okay. I think many of us have been there before. The prescription for that is, take some more of the word and you'll see it tilt the other way. And it'll help you as you move forward. Ephesians 4.23 says, be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh and untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. And so it's an ongoing thing. You know, you may have a headache and have faith to believe God for that headache to go away and then get excited about it. And then you may get diagnosed with something a little bit more serious. That's why you need to continually be in the Word of God. You don't need the Word of God only when you get sick. You want to build your spirit up so that when the enemy does attack, I mean, you're you're ready to push it off. And so you want to continually renew your mind. And so we want to think on the things of God. We want to make sure we have the right thought process. The second thing we want to do is we want to make sure that our words are right. We want to say it. Help yourself by speaking words of faith. Faith-filled words contain the supernatural power to change every situation. We want to speak God's words. We want to speak it. Um, Psalm 107 it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let me say it like this. It says, Let the liberated, let those who've been set free, let those who've been released from bondage, Let those who've been healed of sickness say so. Not think so, not hope so, say so. Does everyone in here know that we've been redeemed from sickness and disease? Just three of us know? (laughs) Eight, seven, no, no, hear hear me. We have to know that for ourselves. And, and, And when I say no, this is what I mean. I believe not speaking for Miss Janet, Miss Joy, but I believe. Sometimes what happens is when we get in environments like this with other like-minded believers, it's a little easier to raise our hands to say we have faith. It's a whole different story when you go home and you have that shooting pain, or that thought comes up. but you have to know, no, I've been redeemed from sickness. I've been redeemed from, from, from disease. And you cannot stay. You have to go. You have to. You know, I, I liken that to, you know, my wife and my kids, they just shake their head at me because, you know, when I'm at home, I just want to relax and enjoy my family. And I, I, I'm, I'm pretty bad. I don't like it when salespeople come to my front door, and then when I tell them I'm not interested, they just keep talking. I, I, I don't. And sometimes I don't handle it well. Sometimes I will close the door in their face. And uh, it's not my finest moment, but what I'm doing is making a decision and letting them know that this is my property. You don't belong here. I think, guys, we have to approach sickness and disease and everything that's counter to God in the same way. We have to close the door and say, you know what, sickness, you don't belong here. You can't stay here. I will not accept you. I will not receive you. I will not let you stay. I will not let you in. We have to do that. And if you'll take that stance, I'm telling you, sickness and disease, it will have to go. It can't stay. But we have to say those things out of our mouth. I am redeemed. I am set free. I am free from sickness and disease. So instead of saying death and life, we could easily say it this way. Sickness, sickness disease, healing, and health are in the power of the tongue. Does that paint a picture for you? Instead of saying death and life are in the power of the tongue, we could say sickness and disease, healing and health are in the power of the tongue. So what we say matters. Be very careful when you're sharing with family and friends, saying, oh, I have, oh, I have. Be very careful. Because what you're doing is, is you're declaring Ownership. saying i've been diagnosed with but by the stripes of jesus i am healed is a little different than saying i have does that make sense you're not ignoring it but what you're saying is, is is i'm grabbing on to god i'm grabbing on to everything that was accomplished when jesus died on the cross and i'm grabbing on to the promise that was made available to me through those actions So death and life, health and healing is in the power of the tongues. Our words matter, and what we say about our condition And our lives matter. Matthew 12, 37 says, For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. This shows that our words are important. And so we've got to be careful what we allow to come out of our mouth. You know, I I think it's easier for me because growing up I had a mouth on me um, and, and my mother and grandmother used to always tell me, you know, um, son, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Just very negative. Always had an opinion. Always had something to say. And, and I've taken that same approach when it comes to the things of God. When life happens, I'm always, okay, what does the word of God say about this? And I try to go and find scripture to, to allow that to come out of my mouth. You know, I, I'm around people, and, and my wife and my kids will tell you, I, I don't really like the phrase, it is what it is, because I know that with God, everything is subject to change. And so when people tell you that you have a sickness or you can learn to live with it, or you can, and I say, no. The Bible says you've been healed, past tense. It's done. It's done. And if it's done, then why am I trying to undo it? It's done. So our words are important. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There is one who speaks rashly like the thrust of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You want your words to work for you and bring healing. We will either produce sickness or health with our tongues, uh, with our words and with our mouth, and we need to understand that faith will cause the power of God to move in our behalf. And faith will cause us to receive the miraculous into our lives. But faith has to be released by the words of our mouth. We have to release it. We have to speak. You know, I know someone in the past who's told me, yeah, I, I, I have faith. You know, I, 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 I declare it in my thoughts. I said, yeah. But the Bible, God gave us the example to follow. It says God created the... The, the heavens and the universe, by the spoken word. God, God had, he used creative power to create everything that we've seen. And we are to follow his example. And so if you want to see healing manifest itself and, and come forth in your body, you're going to have to start speaking, I am healed. I am healed. Healing is working in my body. Mark 11:23 says, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Faith is released through words. And then Romans 10:8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. The, the word of faith, guys, has to be in our mouth. Where does that come from? From the word of God. The word of faith has to be in our mouths. We need to be speaking Scripture like nothing is impossible for God. With God, all things are possible. God, you know what? This is impossible with man, but I know that it's possible with you. And again, as I said earlier, it's a daily thing. It's a constant thing. You know, several, or not several, two Two and a half, three weeks ago, I had to take my daughter and and leave her at a school in in Hawaii. And and I didn't process it too well. And I think I was stressing and and, and anxious about it the entire time that I had an intense headache. I don't get intense headaches. And for an hour and a half, I walked around, and my wife was calling me, and, and, and I just kept saying, yeah, I have a headache. This headache's intense. Oh, this headache's killing me. Oh, this headache is intense. And I'm like, what am I saying? I'm just embracing this. And so I decided I'm going to change my words. And so I went on a walk, and I'm walking, and I'd say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that this pain has to go. I thank you, Lord God, that you're healing whatever's causing this pain. And Father, I thank you that this anxiety that I have on me about leaving Ashley here, Father. I think that you've not given me a spirit of fear, a spirit of anxiety, but I have soundness of mind. And I'm just walking and praying, and 15 minutes later, headache's gone. It's gone. What happened? I recognized my words were in error. I recognized my words were working against me, and I made a change and made a decision that I was going to begin speaking the word over my situation, and the word worked and have to go into the room and get an Aleve or a Tylenol and pop it? Why? Because I know my faith is at a point where I know God's Word works. And so that's what we got to do. We have to speak faith-filled words. So we have to think it. We have to say it. And then the last thing is, is we have to remain consistent. We have to remain. We have to stay in faith. We have to stay in the Word. We have to continue to trust God. Don't give up. Don't let go and expect God's promises to come to pass. We gotta stay. All of us have to have staying power. All of us. We've have to remain consistent. Can't, oh I'm trusting God. Oh God, I'm gonna die. Oh Lord, I believe you. Oh, what if it doesn't work? No. We have to stay. With God, We have to remain. I love that in that story we read earlier. She fell at his feet and she says, I will not let go. And that is, I believe, a model for each and every one of us. When life happens on the inside, we have to make it up in our spirits that, God, I will not let go. I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to hold on to your word. I'm going to hold on to the promise that you made to me until I see it come to pass, and if you'll do that, folks, you will experience God's healing power in your situation. In First Chronicles 16, 11, and 12, it says this, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually, longing to be in his presence. Remember with gratitude his marvelous deeds which he has done, his miracles, and his judgments from his mouth. I love that. We have to be continually seeking his face. Not only that, it says, remember his marvelous deeds. We need to stay in the scriptures and read stories like this, remembering what he's done for others, remembering what he's done time and time again. We need to be willing to be consistent, coming to healing class, hearing about the goodness of God, hearing about how God will heal, hearing about how God will heal today, hearing about how God will heal you. And what will that do? It's going to increase your faith. It's going to paint a picture. See, my goal here, our goal here is, is we want you to see yourself healed because you've got to see yourself healed. We want you to begin speaking like one who's healed, and we want you to begin walking in it. And I believe that's going to happen. But we have to remain consistent and not let go. Is this making sense, guys? Colossians 3 2 says this Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above. It says, Set your mind and keep focused on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth but on the things above. We've got to keep our minds on healing, on wholeness, on good health, on strong bodies, on strong minds, on the ability to see, on the the ability to hear. Why? Because all those things come from the Father. We have to set our minds, leave them there, on Him. And it's in the simplest forms You know, my wife and I, we talk about this all the time. You've got to watch everything in your life. You know, you can be believing God for healing and then find yourself not intentionally watching these shows where everybody's dying in different ways. That's feeding your spirit. You want to set your mind on things above. Be careful. Reading the news. Watching the news. They're talking about this one. They're talking about these diseases, talking about these statistics. Keep your mind on the things above. That's what Scripture says. Matthew 24, 13 says, But the one who endures and bears up under suffering in the end will be saved. The one who endures and bears up to the end. Will be saved. I want to read to you my Bible. It calls it word wealth. It, it expounds on different words. I want to read you an explanation of the word saved here. It says, "in, in um, It says here, the word saved. To save means to heal, to cure, to preserve, to keep safe, uh, to keep sound, rescue from danger and destruction, and to deliver." Um, the word here. Is, means saved from physical death by healing and from spiritual death by forgiving sin and its effects. So the one who endures and bears up to the end promises you'll be healed. The one who endures and bears up says you'll be saved from death. That's the promise. And so we can't let go. The other thing I love is, is God's promises aren't based upon physical age. It's not based upon how long you've been in the church. No. God's looking for those with faith. Who, who has faith? Who's willing to believe? That's why I love all these, these examples in Scripture because it paints a clear picture for me on how I need to respond when life happens. And then finally, Isaiah 26.3 says this. You will keep him in perfect and constant peace, whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you. Why? Because he trusts in you and he takes refuge in you. God's going to keep you in peace as we stay focused on him, as we continue to trust him. Despite the odds, folks, I'm telling you, God wants to heal you, and God will heal you if you have the right ingredients, and those ingredients are found in Scripture. God is no respecter of persons. If he did it in Scripture, if he did it now for someone else, he will do it for you. You know, I'm believing that as we move forward, as we step out in faith, as we begin to renew our minds and get our thoughts in line with God as we begin to speak words of faith over our situation, our spirits are going to get strong. And our situations are going to begin to change. And we're going to be able to to walk like we've never walked before. I remember, and and I love it, I go back to it all the time, that experience of, of having pneumonia, not being able to breathe, and getting caught up in fear and remembering uh, the things that I'm teaching you now and then putting them into practice. And in an hour's time, my left lung being full of fluid and infection to being completely clear, not because I'm anything special, but because God's word proves true. I remember the doctor saying, okay, we're going to release you. Everything looks good, but you're going to need to take time. I wouldn't go back to work I I rushed back to work, but I remember coming into work, and in our office area, we have some back stairs. I remember those back stairs taking two steps and then being out of breath, but I remember saying, Lord, I thank you that your breath lives in me and that my lungs are strong, and I remember taking two more steps. Lord, I thank you that your breath is on the inside of me, and it's getting stronger and stronger every minute, and what should have been two minutes to get up stairs took me 15 minutes to get up the stairs. But I can tell you, three days after, I was getting up those stairs just like normal. What was I doing? I was holding on to God, holding on to his promises, keeping my eyes focused on above. Why? Because God promises us healing. Not halfway, complete healing. We have to get out of the mindset that there are certain things that we can manage in this life. God never intended us, intended for us to manage any disease. He wants to give us a long, satisfying life, and satisfying lives, in his eyes, are not lives filled with sickness and disease. He wants to see us whole and at peace, and I believe that if we'll embrace those things, God will, uh, God's healing power begin to flow in our lives and our bodies. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your promise, Lord. Lord, we just... We just thank you, Father, that uh, no matter when, when we get it, Lord God, it still proves true in that moment. So, Father, I thank you that as we embrace these things, as we walk them out in the days ahead, Father, I thank you that each of us will experience healing in a new and powerful way in the days ahead. Father, I ask you to bless each and every household represented here today, and we thank you, Lord God, for moving uh, mightily in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.